Good afternoon. You are listening to KDNK Community Radio here in Carbondale. My name is Adele, and today I'm joined by Adrian Fielder and Aaron Perry for My Own Two Hands, a deep dive into the diverse voices of sustainability in the Roaring Fork Valley and beyond. Adrian, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello, hello. Yes, it's so so good to be here with you, Adele. You're such a great co-pilot. I'm learning a lot from how you drive the bus. Why, thank you. <laughs> and the bus is uh, in a slightly evolved, uh, updated format now. We are no longer officially a part of the Andy Zenka Youth Empowerment Programming. This is now a KDNK uh, independent public affairs program. Yes, and you'll be able to listen to My Own Two Hands on KDNK during the fourth Monday of every month at 4.30 from now on. So this is a great opportunity to branch out and and really follow our curiosity about sustainability. How do we live it? How do we do it? Um, How do we create it? How do we foster the movement of sustainability? And to that end, we are so lucky to have a special guest with us today, Aaron Perry. Aaron founded the nonprofit called Why on Earth Community, which provides education to all ages about regenerative land stewardship, soil fertility, and holistic health, including of the mind. His podcast, Why on Earth, features some of the world's most innovative pioneers in sustainability, and they speak on a variety of topics. Uh, And Aaron's actually also written several books for children that explain how they can love Mother Earth and provide abundance for their community through gardening and tending the land. Aaron just did a book signing for his most recent book, Veriditas, which is a visionary eco-thriller for adults. Uh, And he did this uh, reading from the book and a book signing on Saturday, August 20th at Sustainable Settings at exactly 6.33 p.m. Um, but sorry, you missed that. Uh, but you you didn't miss the chance to uh, read the book, and we're going to ask him about it so you can learn a little bit about it in the show today. So you can learn more about Aaron's work and his nonprofit at whyonearth.org. And that is the letter Y, Why on Earth. Okay, thanks for being with us, Aaron. Thanks, Adrian, and thanks, Adele. It's a joy to be here with you guys. And yeah, it's a, a real uh, sweet uh, opportunity for me just having a deep connection with this valley going back, gosh, something like 30 years now, and uh, knowing about the great work you two are doing and the ways in which we're increasingly collaborating and sharing information with one another through our networks. And uh, so, yeah, maybe just by way of introduction, I'll share that uh, I'm an entrepreneur and executive advisor and an herbalist and author and a father and uh, super excited to share with the audience that my new novel, a visionary eco-thriller called Veriditas, The Great Healing is Within Our Power, uh, is now finished Mm -hmm. and available. And what's 
really fun to me about the story is that much of it takes place in Colorado and quite a bit of it right here in the Roaring Fork Valley. Congratulations. That's quite a feat. Yeah, thanks. At sustainable settings. At sustainable settings. I'm so sorry I missed the book signing. Yeah, no problem. Hopefully we'll have some other opportunities to gather and celebrate. We had a lovely gathering at Susty uh, this weekend and uh, love getting up here to the valley. So look forward to more of that. Awesome. Before we dig into your book and your organization, would you mind just sharing your connection to sustainability or the environment and kind of your background and what brought you there? Yeah, happy to share a bit about that. And, you know, I had an extraordinary opportunity in high school. I actually went to Regis Jesuit High School down in Denver, and and we had a very special mix of teachers and students who were uh, unusually uh, concerned about and engaged in it, both environmental issues and social justice issues. In fact, we as a high school had the largest high school Amnesty International chapter in the entire country, mm-hmm. um, which allowed us to participate in the global gatherings that occur through that organization, meet real people from all around the world and hear mm-hmm. about some of the very real challenges that folks are facing, both in terms of social justice and in terms of environmental dislocation. So that really kind of got things started. And heading into college and graduate school, I deepened my interest getting into things like uh, environmental policy and sustainable economic development. It was through that work that I actually connected with Brook and Rose at Sustainable Settings when they were still up in Woody Creek. And uh, after coming and working with them uh, soon after their acquisition of the Thompson Creek Ranch right outside of Carbondale here, I continued to stay connected for several years while also back on the Front Range uh, launched a couple of different companies, one in the recycling and renewable energy space, the other in the uh, sustainable regenerative agriculture and organic food space. And so for me, it's been a very deep sense of calling and obligation and purpose that really even goes back to some very magical and unusual experiences I had in my early childhood up in the Pacific Northwest. And so, yeah, it's um, not only a joy to be engaged in this important work, but also to be connecting more and more with others who feel a similar kind of call. And we find that uh, in this work, there's so much opportunity for joy and celebration even though some of the uh, challenges and risks that we're attempting to address and heal can be, you know, frightening and even saddening and Mm -hmm. disheartening at times. But uh, I think it's really important we do that work focusing on our own personal health and well-being as we're, you know, continually devoting months and years and even decades of our our lives to what's uh, unfolding on the planet right now. That is such an important lesson that um, we learned at the college uh, through the first decade of offering a sustainability program. I really didn't have any idea this was coming, um, but uh, I would have if I had the wisdom that I have now back then. (laughs) But um, a lot of people in their first year or two of studying sustainability go dark. Mm. There's a there's a heaviness mm. to it, um, and some people don't don't come back. Mm. Uh, so we learned pretty early on that learning how to keep the the fire alive and the joy and the the comradeship uh, is so important for getting through those times when hope needs to be boosted. Yeah, absolutely. I was 
a student at CMC, Colorado Mountain College, in the Sustainability Studies program for my bachelor's degree. And like Adrian said, I think that was a really big problem amongst my cohort and previous cohorts of sustainability students. The burnout is very real and it's very easy to get discouraged and overwhelmed if you are studying and thinking and living these big picture issues day after day. And I absolutely think like sustainability should be on the forefront of all of our minds. But if you aren't actively practicing the solutions and the theories that you're learning about, it can be really easy to get burned out very quickly. Yeah, it really can. And, you know, one of, one of the things that uh, we really focus on through the nonprofit that I co-founded and run as the executive director, which is called the Why on Earth Community, is this awareness that the healing, the restoration, the regeneration, the stewardship is really an inside-out job. Mm. And it begins with our own selves, right? It begins with our own mind, body, spirit, stewardship practices. Mm-hmm. And literally, we're each farmers in the sense that we have trillions of microorganisms living inside of us and that we have trillions of neuronal network connections responding to our neurobiochemistry, the internal environment. And there's so much we can choose day by day by day in our own lives in very simple ways uh, in many cases to enhance the optimization and the thriving of that internal environment and from there uh, do our work in our communities and with our friends and our families and and, you know for many of us uh, even all around the entire planet. So what is the calling? You mentioned the calling Mm. that you have and you're working with others who have the same calling. Mm. What is it? That's very uh, interesting Adrian to ponder and I'm sure each of us could answer this in our own unique way. It might even answer it a bit differently from day to day. Uh, But for me, really, since my early childhood, I had a a deep personal experience in the, the rich, deep green woods of the Pacific Northwest where I came to understand that there are so many creatures, non-human creatures, living around the planet who are being severely impacted by the decisions of, uh, of us humans. And early on came not only into this awareness, but to the sense of commitment and devotion to do my part to help what I can help with to reverse that pattern that has emerged almost to an, a point of ubiquity now around the planet. And it's those themes that not only inform a book I wrote a few years ago called Why on Earth? Get Smarter, Feel Better, Heal the Planet, but also now even perhaps more profoundly and hopefully uh, beautifully as a a novel are expressed in this new book, Veriditas, The Great Healing is Within Our Power. Uh, So yeah, this calling is uh, not just some kind of superficial thing that showed up one day, it's been with me quite a while. And, uh, and I know for many of my friends and colleagues and even family members and loved ones, um, that experience has unfolded a little bit differently through time. And I, I think we each have our own unique experience. But perhaps if we slow down and spend some time by the water and 
with the plants and the trees uh, and, 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 and sort of slow our minds down and open our hearts up in such a way that we're able to listen more, mm-hmm. it might turn out that Big Mama, Mama Gaia, <laughs> is, is calling to each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. And we're here living with her and inside of her in this miraculous living, self-regulating, for the most part, spaceship without which none of this would be possible for us humans, you know, Mother Earth. So hmm, maybe uh, something we can each ponder a little further as we're, as we're deepening it into our listening practices going forward. Get down to the river, hear what the river said. Hmm. I'd love to learn a little bit more about your organization, Why on Earth, and how you are um, sharing your passion and your calling with others. Thanks, yeah. Thanks, Adele. Yeah, we are having so much fun at the Why on Earth community. And when I was in the process of writing the book Why on Earth, my good friend of mine, Brad Lidge, who uh, I grew up with, and we went to church together, we played sports together, and went to middle school together. And of course, many of your listeners will also know Brad uh, went on to have an illustrious career in Major League Baseball, throwing the winning pitch for the Philadelphia Phillies in the 2008 World Series. And, you know, after this, he came back to Colorado and uh, we reconnected and uh, decided, hey, you know, there's so much more we can be doing for our kids because we were both parents and uh, for our world and for this region, Colorado, Rocky Mountain West that we love. So let's let's do more. And we launched the Why on Earth community. And the Why on Earth community is a Colorado-based education oriented and action oriented nonprofit that is focused on connecting the dots between strategies for thriving health and well-being on the one hand in our own personal lives our family lives our community lives connecting those dots up with global strategies for restoration stewardship regeneration and sustainability on the other hand and we provide a number of different resources, some print, some digital. Uh, We have a podcast series, the Why on Earth Community Podcast, where we're interviewing all kinds of different leaders working on these issues. And uh, we also host curated in-person workshops, symposia, seminars, and even multi-day leadership retreats. So we we have a lot of different ways in which we're connecting and working with folks. And we also have a, a growing global network of ambassadors Uh, whom we love collaborating with and empowering with tools and techniques from public speaking to really understanding the central importance of soil in all of this work. And uh, so it's a a real joy to be able to collaborate with so many brilliant and devoted folks uh, through, through the work we're doing at the organization. When I look at your website, whyonearth.org. Yes. Um, two things kind of jump out and you just mentioned one of them, both of them actually, soil and youth. And I was interested in, in asking you to explore a little bit, uh, your relationship to, to youth working with youth. Um, that's how I actually first knew about your work was some of the climate activists that you had hooked up with, um, and shared the platform with at Ara Day a few years ago. Um, so Tell us where where does that uh, where does that desire come from, and and what is what is that relationship like? Yeah, it's great to think about that. Adrian brings a big smile to my face, and you know, by the way, if folks are looking for the website, uh, it's the letter Y 
on earth so y-o-n-e-a-r-t-h dot org o-r-g uh, to get there and yes there's a phonetic kind of play on the meaning of y-w-h-y but uh, yeah this this work when i wrote that book why on earth the audience i had in my mind and my heart as i was writing very much primarily included my children my daughter osha and my son hunter and uh, also their generation and also the next seven generations and uh, in addition to my European indigenous heritage, Germanic, Celtic, and Slovenian, I also have uh, Mohawk heritage in my family mix. And know that for many of the indigenous peoples of North America, this uh, emphasis on considering the impacts on the next seven generations uh, is central to the decision-making that allows for true, sustained uh, stewardship, health, and wellness in our environments and in our communities. So that was a big part of the focus. And through the Why on Earth community, we've connected with a number of amazing youth activists. And yeah, at our day, 2019, up here, connected with Shie Bastida, who's doing an incredible work. And a few months uh, after that conference, many of us were out in New York City for the big climate march that coincided with the UN gathering there, the United Nations gathering. And Greta Thunberg was there. Uh, Shatescott was there, who's from Colorado. Shie Bastida was there. And, mm -hmm. and to know the passion and energy flowing through some of these young folks who are emerging as very potent leaders gives me great hope that uh, there are many of us who are not only receiving the call and heeding the call, but banding together and uh, becoming very potent as a collection of voices and a collection of actions all around the planet. And it's funny because I, you know, having engaged in this kind of work at a pretty young age myself, I've been part of this youth movement for many years. And uh, hilariously, it was only recently over at uh, Elk Run Farm that I had the, my first experience in this lifetime, anyway, of being referred to as an elder. And I guess, uh, <laughs> you know, time does flow. And, and, and as younger generations come up, I get older and older, right? It happens to all of us. But uh, I still kind of identify in a way with this youth movement, both as a participant and now increasingly as a mentor of sorts. So could you tell us more about this book? Uh, would love to hear what kind of journey is available for us there? Veriditas. Yeah. Veriditas, yeah. eco-thriller. Yeah, happy to chat about it. And it's uh, it's a bit of a tongue twister for a lot of us. So this is a term coined by the medieval mystic and polymath Hildegard von Bingen about 900 years ago. And uh, the term means the green healing life force of the divine that flows through the plant kingdom. And uh, <laughs> that's really specific. It's very specific. And I know exactly what it's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's it's a real. And it turns out that it's essential to our lives as humans. And you know, you know, we live on this miraculous planet that is animated by the sun that continuously streams something like 163,000 terawatts of energy nonstop, this nonstop shower of light and energy and information flowing onto the planet. And here on the planet, about 1% of that inbound energy and radiation is captured by the biosphere. And this is photosynthesis, uh, the plants and why they're green to our eyes, right, is the chlorophyll, the m magical molecule that converts sunlight into 
sugars, basically. And uh, this chlorophyll, it turns out, is the exact same molecule as the hemoglobin in our blood, with one little difference. In the middle of the big, complex chlorophyll molecule is a magnesium atom. And in our hemoglobin, instead of a magnesium atom, that one little atom is an iron atom instead. And so when we hear from our indigenous wisdom keepers and elders that we are related to the plants and the trees, this isn't just metaphor. This isn't just a cute kind of literary uh, expression. This is, this is literally true. And in the story, that kind of theme is explored along with a whole bunch of other threads and layers that form this really rich, fun tapestry in a narrative plot structure, right, that kicks off in New York City. And we have as our our heroine, our protagonist, this super smart Brigitte Sophia. She's an entrepreneur. She's a computer scientist. She's a genius. And she has cracked the code to deep artificial intelligence. And so right after a meeting with these mysterious financiers on the Upper East Side of New York City, she's crossing Central Park and is suddenly being chased by these sinister paramilitary operatives with drones overhead. And and she is having to run for her life now. And they're clearly trying to catch her to get their hands on this technology. And she ends up getting to the subway just in time, gets out to JFK airport just in time, gets on a flight just in time to Colorado. And she lands in Colorado pretty early in the story. And this is where the big kind of unfolding of the plot takes place right here in our beloved state. And eventually she ends up at sustainable settings and starts learning about biodynamics and other really beautiful things. This is all the setup in the story for the great crescendo. There's a very important message at the conclusion of this story for humanity in these times that we're living in. So this is Veriditas. The great healing is within our power. It's all in there for you. And there's also cipher-coded messages and a bunch of sacred geometry and other important symbols to consider. So there are all kinds of goodies layered in this uh, fun little read. Amazing. I I really look forward to reading it. What was the inspiration for you behind writing this book? Yeah, wow. The inspiration. It's Writing's an interesting process. I think much like opening up ourselves to listen to the messages that might come through from Mother Earth, from nature, from the biosphere, there's also, for me anyway, in this process of writing and, and opening up and a receptive mode where we're hearing uh, the input, the voices, if you will, the themes that want to come forward and be expressed in the form of a story. And so, yeah, the inspiration is very much rooted in all this work we've been talking about and this sense of commitment that's uh, been very alive for me for decades. Uh and weaving this into a story, right? Because storytelling is so important for us humans, as I know you've discussed on other shows. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's not only a, uh, an informative and hopefully inspiring read, but also, a, I think, a really fun read. That's the feedback we're getting anyway. Nice, nice. Yeah. The more I uh, feel what you're living and what you're doing here, the more I'm reminded of this this thing that happened to me this week, which is introducing a whole new generation of, of students to a greenhouse that we have on campus that has been like 13 and a half years in the making. And for the first time, there was this huge, abundant diversity and vibrancy of life right there on campus. 
to introduce them to. And what I saw it do for them and their hearts, getting their, their hearts open to the education they experienced us before them, it was so joyful and so redemptive. And it reminded me uh, of the work that you're trying to do, that you are doing. That's beautiful, Adrian. Yeah, and I'm, I'm super excited to hopefully come and record a Wyoners Community podcast with you up at campus and look at the greenhouse and all the wonderful things you're doing with the students. I really don't want to have to cut the conversation short, but we are running out of time. Um, so before we end, is there any kind of final message that you want to leave with the listeners? Well, you know, just such a joy visiting with you, Adele, and you, Adrian, today. Thank you so much. And if folks want to check out more about what we're discussing, you can go to whyonearth.org, letter Y-O-N-E-A-R-T-H.org, and viriditasbook.com. That's V-I-R-I-D-I-T-A-S book.com. And uh, love to see you out there and uh, look forward to connecting further in the coming days and months. Incredible. I think we'll, we'll have to have you back for our part two. This was a great conversation. May the force be with you. And also with you. Thank you so much for joining us today for this conversation with My Own Two Hands on KDNK Community Radio. You can check out this episode and any shows you may have missed on kdnk.org. If you like what you heard today and would like to dig into more sustainability conversations, you can listen to My Own Two Hands on the fourth Monday of every month at 4.30. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make a better place with my own two hands. Make a kind of place. Oh, with my own, oh, with my own two hands. With my own, oh, with my own two hands. With my own, with my own two hands. I can make a peace on earth with my own two hands. I'm gonna help the human race